Welcome back to another week of the Oklahoma Sports Bros podcast. Uh, I am Zach Colby, your host. With me today, I'm joined by Ryan Winkle and Perkins. Guys, how are we feeling this week? I'm feeling great. It's going to be a busy week. Yeah, um, I feel that. Uh, well, it's uh, it's another week, and it's another disappointing Oklahoma loss. Um, OU goes out, lays an egg, and literally lays an egg against uh, Texas. They get blanked 49-0. to um, And honestly, to recap the game, OU had no offense. Uh, that, that's basically it. OU's defense, for me personally, I've heard a lot of people complain about the defense. Um, for me personally, I know the defense was not great. I wouldn't even say they were good. Wouldn't even say they were average. But they were better than what they were at TCU. That's the positive I'm taking from this. They were better than what they were at TCU. They did force a three and out on the first drive of the game. I turned to my wife at that point and said, wow, they didn't score on the first three plays, so we're doing better this week. So got to take the small things, I guess. Um, it was it was rough all around. The OU went to uh, – obviously, Dylan Gabriel was out. That was the big key in this one. And OU went to the backup, da uh, Davis Bevel, and um, he apparently can't throw the ball more than five yards and complete a pass. So that is – worrisome if Gabriel continues to be in concussion protocol, which I'm not sure how long he will be in. But, uh, yeah, uh, they went to the Wildcat a lot. They had like five or six different guys take a snap at quarterback. And everybody that took a snap at quarterback looked better than what um, Davis Bevel was putting out there, honestly. Um, even, even the two-handed chest pass interception looked better than most of his passes. So um, uh, that's kind of sarcastic, kind of not. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to um, – we, we got to move forward. You can't just um, – you got to take your lumps. You got to take it. It's going to be a rough season. We've seen that. Um, and we got to make adjustments. I'm not certain that um, – like, at the beginning of the year um, – we were predicting a nine or 10 win team. Even if they went out now, they're a nine win team. And there's not any part of me that thinks that they're going to win out now. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough year. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's, um, it, it, it is what it is. Um, offense didn't really run without Dylan Gabriel. So for all you uh, people who are hating on Dylan Gabriel, myself included, who was, he was missing throws that, the backup is worse. The, the the second option, the third option, the fourth option, whatever is after Dylan Gabriel is so much worse. I will I will gladly take his overthrown pass five times a game over what we saw from the offense on Saturday. Um I I I don't have any explanation for that. It was just it wasn't good. And that is it's flat out. It wasn't good. There's no excuses um, there. Uh, they've got to get better. I don't care who you are. You saw Texas Tech's quarterback and I'm, we're not going to get into it because Ryan's going to recap that game. But Texas Tech had their third string quarterback out there and he was slinging the rock. So 
OU has to be able to have a backup quarterback. Kansas's second-string quarterback was out there against TCU slinging the rock. We have to have somebody uh, – We have, at this level, you have to have a Division One quality quarterback that is able and capable of going in the game at any moment, and we, we didn't have that. Or we didn't see that. Um, that was one of the big complaints. We didn't see a quarterback change at all. We didn't get to see – until five minutes left in the fourth quarter, we didn't get to see Nick Evers. Um, so that's that. That's kind of where we're at. Um, a lot of questions were raised from this game um, moving forward. Uh, defense, you got to keep building on the tiny things. I know we gave up 49 points to Texas. If Gabriel's in the game, I, I've said this. I, I'm going to go lower my score a little bit. If Gabriel's in the game, I think it's a uh, 49-31 game, 49-35 game. I think our offense can work against def that defense. And our offensive line didn't look bad. They were opening holes when we were in the Wildcat. Um, and they gave it, – it's not like they didn't give Bevel time to throw the ball. You just couldn't throw the ball. Like, I thought our offensive line actually played really well. Um, I heard some people complaining about it. I thought they played pretty well. They gave time. They gave what they needed to do, made big holes in the run game. Uh, it, But you can't just lean on the run game. Like, you, you have to throw in a pass or two. And we had 38 passing yards the whole game. So it shows you how poorly we were in the passing game. So uh, there, there's no – I've already said it. There's no excuse. We have to be better. They have to find a way to be better from this, and they have to grow from this. And um, you got to learn, take your lumps. Obviously, this season isn't what we wanted it to be. This season's basically a scratch now. Um, and that's crazy thinking that we could win out and go nine and three, and we call it a scratch. But that, that's, that was the standard for OU football. So this season is not what it was. But what they have to do now is salvage their pride and salvage their recruiting class. They can't continue to go out there and be embarrassed. If they're close, that's fine. If we lose some games that are close, that's okay. As long as they show a fighting spirit. Recruits will see a fighting spirit. Recruits are not going to want to come play at a school where you're giving up 49 points to Texas without putting up anything offensively. Like, it's we have to be able to salvage – this recruiting class and right now all the recruits are saying the right things they're they're saying they're still committed which is good that that is a great thing um so moving forward that they, they, they have to show some fight they got to go at it and uh, they got to get better they got to get better little by little um i would like to see some of the young guys starting to get more chances um because we're obviously we're not going to be playing for a national title. We're not going to be playing for a big 12 title. We're probably right now in big 12 power rankings, West Virginia may be the only team below us. And I'm not sure that they're below us. So it's, it, it is, it is what it is. And um, we kind of, we got to move forward. Perk, I'll turn it over to you. What's, what's your analysis? What, what else do you want to add from what I'm saying? Overall disappointing showing. Uh... There was a lot of hope coming into this game that we were witnessing an off display 
over the last three weeks or two weeks at that point. And ultimately it turns out that that may not be the case. We may be looking at a num- number 12, big 12, even though I know that that's not the exact number, you get what I'm saying, uh, which is unusual and it sucks, but it happens. You know, it's no one stays number one for long. And so I would like to see us go back. I think it's possible. I think with the recruiting recruiting class, uh, we're, we're looking at great possibility and potential. But right now, uh, there's just there's I think we can make an entire hour long, two hour long podcast just talking about what's wrong with Oklahoma right now. Uh, I don't agree with some of the coaching decisions, not attacking Venables, uh, but it seemed like the gameplay was very reserved. I'd even go as far to say conservative. And at a certain point, when you're down 35, you, you cut your losses and you start throwing the depths of the playbook out in the field. And if you don't trust your players, your quarterbacks, to be able to do that, then fundamentally that's a coaching problem. That's a, that's, I don't, you sure your players should be ready to go to every end of your playbook. And we just didn't, we just didn't see that. And another thing is if your quarterback isn't cutting it to the point where you don't even trust them to throw the ball, why is the quarterback in? You have depth at quarterback, whether or not they're good or not, find someone, give someone the opportunity to shine. Uh, the fact that we stuck with uh, Bevel, right? That's the name. Uh, the fact that we stuck with Bevel for so long is just—I don't understand it. I, I don't want to—I don't want to use any any mean terminology uh, or terms, I guess. But I don't understand it, and I think the fact that we stuck with it for so long is—it looks bad. Uh, I get it. You want to stay committed to your second string like you say committed to your first string. But at a certain point, what's not working, you know, you got to figure it out. And obviously, we're running Wildcat down the field, running the option, and we get all the way within field goal range, you know, 10, 20 yard line. All of a sudden, we put in this second string quarterback, and we can't even get a yard. There's a problem there. And so I hate talking bad about OU, but there's a lot wrong and there's a lot I don't agree with. Uh, I, I would like to have seen better, better play calling, uh, more movement of the players. <laughs> like I'm not saying, so I want to clarify, I'm not saying that there wasn't some pretty unique calls out there. We saw a tight end throw and I think at one point we even saw a running back throw the ball. That's awesome. But there, I just feel like every play was some type of out route by a different running back or a tight end, and there was just no, no change. And it's easy, it's play recognition at that point. So I'm hoping down the field, you know, down the road, uh, things get better. But right now, I think we should just try to salvage a six win season at this point and looking at the schedule i'm not sure who those extra three are going to be uh yeah 
Uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I I kind of I disagree on the point of the play calling, but I my my point is like yes, you got to simplify it for a quarterback who isn't as versed in the offense. I get that, but at what point do you recognize this guy's not getting it done? We need to go somewhere else. Like that that was my big thing. I, I loved the Wildcat. I thought it moved the ball well. And I thought that like Jeff Levy came out today in his press conference and basically said we moved the ball well. We uh in those first five drives, which is what he's talking about in the Wildcat. But we we just couldn't finish the ball. And he said that's what I thought was the best option to give us points and i i get that if that's the case though then why is bevel out there at wide receiver like put in a real wide receiver and go full wildcat and run it down their throats and run it until they stop it they did not prove that they could stop the run at all and we didn't we went away from it like the wildcat there was one time where they stopped it for one yard but every other time it was getting seven eight nine seventeen thirty or not thirty but big chunk plays and we went away from it. So I, I, I liked the ingenuity of the offense, but at some point you got to realize like if you're starting your, or I guess you're not starting him, but if you're playing your tight end at quarterback for 20 snaps in a game, you got to recognize something is the matter. Like, like, there's there's something inherently wrong right here we got to figure out something at the quarterback position so i i don't know i don't, I don't want to pretend to know what the answer is but there there were coaching decisions that were made that i didn't agree with i agree with what you made there perkins but let me make this clear on me, not uh, this is my opinion, not Perkins, not Ryan's. Venables needs time. His staff needs time. And I get the standard at OU is not being met at this moment. But you have to give them time. If you don't give them time, then we're going to end up being like Nebraska and we're, we're going to fire a coach every two years because they're not getting us what we want. And these coaches can't get the people that they want in to play at their positions. So you got to give him time. And it, it very way may be that Venables isn't the answer. That could be the answer, but you got to give it, I, I'd say, anywhere from three to five years. If in three to five years they still look like this, by, by God, yes, get rid of them. But if you give him a shot, Nick Saban went six and six his first year at Alabama. So I, I don't want to hear the whole, like, he had a bad year. He's done for. No, give him a shot. If reassess in a few years, and if, if in a few years he's not getting the job done, okay, then we can make a change. But right now, is like all the people saying he's, he's not the coach for the future, you're an idiot. Just plain and simple, there's not enough data even to make an assumption on something. So, and flat out, if you're calling for his job, you're wrong. 
Like that's just dumb. And I, I, I don't agree with you at all. So Perk, I, you can keep going. I know I interrupted you. You know, you're fine. Uh, I, I think you made a good clarification there. My critique of the coaching was uh, just for clarification, not a call for the job. Uh, just in case it sounded that way. I'm critiquing the calls because I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of an aggressive approach because you had nothing to lose in that game because you were already losing significantly by the end of the second quarter. I agree with you 100%. I had a conversation earlier today with a colleague of mine about this exact thing. And what we had discussed was that You've got to realize that when Tebow left last year, he took a lot of the good staff, a good portion of the very high talent players, and left. While he left great players like Marvin Mims and Stoops and stuff like that, it still was a, a half shell of what made up Oklahoma. And then we also, Oklahoma lost a lot of amazing players to the draft. And so in the same breath of it's a rough season, you've, I agree. You've got to give Venables a couple years because it is truly a rebuild. He's not taking a team that had a ton of amazing weapons and a generational talent quarterback and generation talent wide receiver and tight end. You know, it's not necessarily there. There's a ton of talent within these positions, but you're, it's not the same. And so you've got to give him that time, that leeway at three years. If we have a losing record over the next three years, and he's had two recruiting classes come in and nothing's changed. Okay. Let's talk about the hot seat. But I think you, I think for what was given to Venables, he's going to, he's creating a new culture. He's so it's going to take time to phase out the Tebow culture and then bring in the Venables culture which is going to take about three years because he's well, working with the freshmen now. And that's just how it works. If you, if you think about it, uh, we're a, a generational talent away from this last year. If Caleb Williams doesn't step in and make some absolutely insane plays. And I, I'm not, I'm not one of those OU fans who's mad at Caleb Williams. He made a decision for himself. I get that. So, he is a generational talent. He is a great quarterback, a phenomenal quarterback, probably going to be first-round draft pick it next year. So, or after his next year because he's a sophomore. Uh, if we don't have him, think about the games we lose last year. We definitely lose Texas. We definitely lose to Kansas, which Kansas last year was not the Kansas of this year, and that would have been embarrassing. Um, we definitely, like – I honestly think, like, if we don't have Caleb Williams last year, then we may be in the same exact boat with that other staff. So, I I just I think it's quarterback play, uh, and that, I'm not gonna blame it all on quarterback play. Don't don't get me wrong. I think that that generational talent gave us a cushion that we thought was always gonna be there, and like, it's not. Like, not everybody has that much talent. Like, we've been spoiled at the quarterback position. We've had Caleb Williams. We've had 
um, Spencer Rattler. And I know people don't like dog on him now. He was a five star. He was highly touted. We had Jalen Hurts. We had Kyler Murray. We had Baker Mayfield. We had talent for a long time. And now we're getting into Dylan Gabriel. And I think that Dylan Gabriel could be in the name of those guys. If, if he stays next year, he could have his reputation rebuilt. And honestly, not playing in that game probably helped his reputation because we saw what we had without him. So I, I don't know. Perk, you got any other thoughts before I turn it to Ryan? You know, I think my mindset has changed uh, going into these next couple games. You know, we're going up against Kansas, which let me tell you about how much hope I have with us going up against Kansas. Uh, how are we favored? <laughs> I don't understand that. Uh, it, I, poor Kansas. It, truly poor Kansas. Uh, they take a hard loss after facing some really difficult adversity uh, in the last two plays of their final game-winning drive. Well, what would have been a game-winning drive? And the refs uh, hand them some some – and some bad do. cards. No. Um, yes. Those weren't. They. Those were really close calls. That's not. I teach their own. In my opinion, they were some bad cards, and so they. You know, Kansas loses a close game. That's fine. But you know, Las Vegas was like, oh, okay, they're done. Goodbye. We can forget about them. And I hate that because they're looking like an amazing team. Their quarterback went out early with an injury, and so um, I I don't know why they're they're not favored. They 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 honestly should be. So I don't have an answer for you, Ryan. Do you have anything to say on that uh, dumpster fire we saw? Man, I don't know if anything I say will contribute to this podcast. Um, I just think I think it's a tough spot for. For OU fans right now, look, I'll say it's a pretty tough spot to put Davis Bevel in there uh, last week against TCU, you know, on the road, not expecting to have to play and then having to go in. Now, there's something to be said for a coach having his guys ready um, next man up. And there's also something to be said for, I I guess this is, I don't know if this is on Venables or Levy, but to not have a backup quarterback ready at all. Um, and that's what you throw out there. You know, I, I don't know who that's on necessarily, but uh, that's not good. So that that's something that really stuck out to me. Um, and then some of the coaching stuff, just the wildcat was working and then they went away from it, went back to it. There was a time that was uh, after the fake field goal that they got a first down, which was a great call. They then have a fourth and one on the 13, just a few plays later. And, do it they run a keeper with bevel instead of coming back to Braden willis on that and i'm like that's where you should run the wildcat and then a little bit later they had a third and third and eight and they ran the wildcat on that play i'm like that's when you should pass so there were a lot of a lot of questionable stuff there um direct snap to eric gray was working for a while but then they tried that ridiculous pass over the top that ended up with an interception so um i honestly don't think that was the worst pass all day though that's fair definitely wasn't but it's a pretty goofy play but yeah the just you know like if 
they had a whole week to prepare and I get it. Like it's a tough spot with when your starting quarterback goes down, you haven't played well for two weeks and you've got to figure something out with your offense going up against uh, your, you know, one of your rivals with Texas. And uh, it, it's tough when you, I mean, they've, they've looked at their backup quarterbacks for what, seven months now, six or seven months. And I mean, they had to know what they had. And if Bevel is the guy that they were adamant on was the guy, then then that tells me that General Boutte and uh, Evers were, you know, steps behind him, which we saw Evers in the very end of the game. And he, I think he threw one pass and it like hit the ground three feet in front of the receiver. So um, who knows if he would have been any better. But, man, to have them just not ready, uh, you know, after a whole week of preparing, it's it's kind of troubling for that that coaching staff but i'm with you guys i mean give them time i said that last week like you can't they can't expect all this to be turned around this quickly and they lost a lot they had a lot of transfers in it's a lot of new stuff um it's definitely not time to get rid of venables i agree people are dumb for saying that stuff i also think it's not necessarily certain that he will turn it around i mean we, i think it's a, a wait and see thing like we've we've just got to wait and see uh i've heard i've heard people talking about how they don't care about this year let's uh instead of i don't remember who said this but instead of making it uh to where we are doing whatever we can to win this game uh this week should it be we're doing whatever we can this week to make sure we win games in 2023 and whatever that means as far as playing freshmen or backups that uh, will be here next year when some of the guys uh, are seniors or, or that won't be here next year. What's the point of playing them if you're not winning games? So I don't know what the right move is there, but I think that's that's an interesting point to think about because if you do this and then you you know go into next year and then you look the same way, if you look whatever you know end up two and four after uh, the first six games or whatever, that's where you start to hear. Uh, a lot of hot seat stuff with with Venables uh, from everybody, not just from a small section of the fan base. So hopefully they can they can at least show some signs of promise going forward. Um, I I was curious, so I looked it up. The average uh, concussion protocol length is uh, ten days, and that would be basically Wednesday of this week for Gabriel. So that's that's uh, just an average. It's, it says it's usually seven to fourteen days, so it could could extend into the next week. I, from what I hear, it sounds like they're expecting and, and uh, optimistic that he will play this week, but obviously we're not well, going to know. So, yeah. And they, they wouldn't let, like if he was truly in, like they, they thought he had a really bad concussion still, they wouldn't have let him warmed up like he did and played all those mind games with him. And yeah, yeah it's probably the right move to sit him. I, I'm not dogging that at all, but like, they they wouldn't put him out there through the warm-up if they thought that that – and I know warm-ups are non-contact, but even in concussion protocol, uh, as a coach, I'm, I'm told not to put my players out. Like, they can't warm up. They can't do anything. They're supposed to stay inside where light cannot get to them. So, it, it, my thing is he's got to be close if they're willing to let him do that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I, I'm not a medical professional. I could be completely off, and but that—that's my opinion. So, 
Yeah. Well, it's clear they need him because without <clears throat> him, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, if if he doesn't play and they trot out Bevel again this week, can you imagine the the fan that's in in Norman? So, can you imagine what the fan base is going to be like? Well, can can you imagine? Uh, let's say that uh, Gabriel plays and he completes a five yard pass. Is that stadium going to go crazy? Oh man! Like I think they may lose their mind. Yeah. And I'm I'm not joking either. Like I, I know it sounds sarcastic, but if if he completes any pass over five yards, like mm-hmm. that's better than what we had against Texas. Yeah. That's true. So I don't I'm not even sure Marvin Mims got a target against Texas, which is absurd. I and think- I think most most of our passing yards were weren't actually passes. They were like a shuffle, like a, a shovel pass forward to a running back or a wide receiver in the backfield. Yeah. Marvin Mims had, uh, let's see, one catch for negative two yards. Yeah. For so. one of the top three receivers in the conference. Yeah. Not good. Well, my question I'll pose to you guys, and this is just off the top of my head, and I don't imagine we're going to spend too much time previewing Kansas, so this is why I'm asking this. Um, if um, – if Gabriel's season continues at the trajectory that it is going at now, does he stay for another year guaranteed? If he plays the rest of the year? If he plays and plays how he has throughout this point. And I understand that he's not throwing interceptions, but he hasn't been like lights out. My guess is he would come or he would want to come back. Um, I don't know how that conversation goes with Venables, though. Well, let me ask you this. How much eligibility does he have? Two years. He could play for two. So if, he has this year, next year, or this year, next year, and the following year? This year, next year. I, I don't think he'd leave. Not many people my... are picking up a senior, you know? I mean, they, there are places, but I... – No, 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 no. Not transfer portal. I'm saying draft. Oh, I don't. I don't think he's going anywhere transfer portal wise. Oh yeah, then no. I think he stays. I don't think he has enough of a portfolio to go to the draft. I I did like what you said there though, Ryan, with whether he would be allowed to stay by Venables. Um, with the current quarterback situation that they have, I don't think there's any way that he's turning down a a, a solid quarterback. So. But I, yeah. I get it. We have a five-star Jackson Arnold coming in, and he could, could probably compete for the job day one. I'm not saying he'll win it, but he could no. probably compete for the job day one. He could, or, the, or there could be a guy that enters the, the portal over the offseason that they think they would rather have than Dylan Gabriel if he can, you know, keeps playing this badly. So, yeah, um, a lot of variables there. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Dylan Gabriel and you play this, I don't think – I mean, I don't think he would get – I mean, he's not like a prototypical, you know, if he was 6'4", 210 or whatever and just wasn't throwing the ball well, I could I could definitely see it. But he's he's not throwing the ball well, and he's pretty short for a quarterback. So as far as NFL, you know, uh, execs look at. So I don't I don't see him getting drafted or, or getting a lot of hype uh, unless he completely turns it around here. So – I would think it's safe to say he would probably come back next year. Okay. Well, I feel like he's kind of like um, 
and I know uh, you may scoff at this, Ryan, but I feel like he's kind of at that level Spencer Sanders was at last year. He he has a like he has hopes to get to the NFL, but he he's gonna take a he's gonna have to take a big leap. And Spencer Sanders has done that this year. So, but at the end of last year, I wasn't certain that Spencer Sanders was going to be able to go to the NFL. But after watching this year, he looks like he's taking that leap. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I think he'll be in the NFL at some point. I don't know if he'll get drafted, though. He's going to have to kind of keep it up here. Um, So, yeah, let's look at Kansas. I mean, Kansas lost against TCU at home last week on a, Basically, it was the best game of the day in, in college football. Um, Jalen Daniels, their quarterback, who was getting tons of hype on game day as one of the Heisman favorites, kind of a, as a dark horse, he gets hurt, uh, injured his shoulder in the first half. And you wonder if if he stays in the game. I think, you know, Kansas may win that game. So, uh, But Jason Bean came in, and he's a guy OU fans will remember from last year that almost beat them in Lawrence. So he came in and played really well. And, uh, you know, it's not quite a quite as big of a drop off there as it was for for OU to their second string. So that's definitely something that um, this OU defense is is uh, in for a tough battle against it. Excuse me. And then. Uh, they're they have some receivers that are pretty big. They have Quentin Skinner that's six, five. And then Lawrence Arnold is six three, so that's tough for OU's corners. Who you know, Woody Washington's whatever five nine or, or something. So that's gonna be tough for the for their uh, secondary to deal with. And then their running backs are averaging about six yards a carry. So it's their offense is even with the backup quarterback in just been humming. So that's not good uh, considering the way the OU's defenses look the last few weeks. Um, on the plus side, if Dylan Gabriel does play. Um, and throws well the the defense for Kansas is definitely gettable they're they're uh they've allowed 42 points to West Virginia 30 to Houston and 38 to TCU and Max Duggan had over 300 yards passing and 50 rushing so if Gabriel's back um I assume the offense should be able to put up some points in this game if he's not uh honestly I have no idea how to even predict what's going to happen yeah, um, I I think either way, OU's in trouble. They they both quarterbacks are scrambling quarterbacks, and that's what OU struggles with. Um, offensively, they're really really good, and it, it's just I don't, it, it looks it looks bad right now. And I I get that we're coming off three straight weeks where we've underperformed and played horrible. But it, it doesn't look good. I think uh, I think it's absurd that Kansas isn't favored in this game. Um, just just off optics alone, like that that shows you what the blue blood helmet gets you. Um, because OU does not deserve to be favored in this game. I understand they're playing at home. I understand all those different aspects of it, but they they definitely don't deserve to be favored in this game. So. Um, I think the scrambling quarterback's going to tear OU up. If Gabriel's back, we may have a puncher's chance um, going score for score with them. Uh, because, like you said, Kansas defense isn't that great. Uh, so 
we we may have a shot with that, but as far as um, it, if Bevel starts the game, you can chalk it up as an L. Like it, it I I don't I don't care if Bevel starts, you can chalk it up as an L. If one of the other quarterbacks starts, I'll be interested. I I'll say that's interesting. Um, so hear me but, out. What what if? Uh, what if they do decide to just go full wildcat? If they, uh, I think they could move. I thought they moved the ball so well and got to the red zone. I think they got to the red zone three times, and then they were like, "Ah, oh, let's put Bevel in and throw the ball." Mm-hmm. Like it didn't make any sense. I think if they stuck with the wildcat, I, I, I really truly think that th- they could be successful. I don't know. It depends on how well the defense plays. If the defense takes that next tiny step that I'm talking about, I'm not saying they got to be great. I'm just saying the next tiny step. If they can do that and we can move the ball consistently like we did when we were in the Wildcat, then then it could be a game. It could be a close game. Um, and OU may pull that off. Yeah, I mean, but, keep, keep the ball uh, out of Kansas' hands, just run long drives. You know, you've got – Braden Willis and Mar or and uh, Eric Gray were both taking direct snaps, so you can you can definitely mix it up. They had Jaleel Farouk back there too, so it's not like they would just be, you know, hiking it back to one guy and making him do everything. I think they can. It's tough for Jeff Levy. I mean, this isn't the offense he wanted to run, but you know, worst yeah. case scenario, if he had to, I think they could definitely do some stuff to at least you know make it a game against Kansas uh, and. Who knows if you win the time of possession and just bleed the clock and and do that, you know, you well, never know what could happen. We have a quarterback that is way, way, way down down the depth chart. That is a scrambling quarterback who would be great in the Wildcat. His name is Micah Bowens. He mm-hmm. transferred to Penn State two years ago, and we haven't seen him since. So, how like it, it, we haven't seen him. We didn't see him under Tebow, and we we haven't seen him under Lebby. So that may tell you he, he's not up to the task, but even if he – like, he, there's no way he can throw the ball as poorly as Bevel, right? Like, I don't know. that, And that, that may just be hopeful, me. But – and he – I don't know. It's just there's so many things that I think like why don't you just do this and just grind it out? Like you said, if we can win time of possession, we could go into a triple option and run what Navy runs. If that's going to win us the game, I don't care. Like it's it's we've got to do something different. I I think this weekend we will at least score a point. <laughs> I I'm hopeful of that. If we don't, I will. Um, I, I I'm not sure what I will do. Mm, that'd be bad. Yeah, the only I heard a stat that the only team in the country that didn't score a point was OU last week. Yeah, we're the only team in the country who didn't score a touchdown last week. Not just a point, but yeah. that's not true because Iowa won nine to six or lost yeah. nine to six. Yeah, so maybe it was just a point, but yeah, and Iowa is terrible. All right, well, uh, Perkins, do you have a prediction for this Kansas game? 35-3, Kansas. 
Oh my gosh. Is that real? Yeah, I'm not joking. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't think we get a touchdown. Do you think Gabriel plays or no? I think I I've always been super critical of Gabriel. I don't think he's the game changer. What? Uh, I, I you're you welcome. Got... I, I'm happy to go into that if you want to like, debate me. That that's that's just absurd. Like I get that he's missed throws, but every game that he has played in, the offense has played very well. Uh, maybe not very well. They've played well. They have scored points. Okay. They put up points um, every game. They struggled in the first half against Kent State. You can point to that. But the first three plays of the UTSA, we scored. Uh, we're up 21 points in the first quarter in that game. And then Kent State, we struggle. But we end up in the second half, our offense is buzzing, and we're buzzing. Okay, um, Even when we lost to Kansas State, like our offense – Yes, Gabriel missed throws. Yes, our offensive line had a bunch of false starts. Yes, they were undisciplined. Yes, they shot themselves in the foot, but they still moved the ball with Gabriel at quarterback. We did not see that. They still put up points. They at least scored a point. So, like, with Gabriel in the game, they're, they're, not, only, they're not scoring just three points. That, I think that's absurd. Okay, how about this? Bevel's in three. Gabriel's in 14. I, I still think it's more than that. But that's fair. I mean, we can make two predictions if you guys want to. I think that's what I'm going to go with. 14, Gabriel. Three, Bevel. And 35 either way for Kansas. And we win if uh, that transfer on, like, the bottom of the thing comes in. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um. I, Ryan, go ahead. Nick Evers, that's his name. Okay. Well, I'm going to predict uh, that Gabriel plays, and if he does, I think. Oh man. I think Kansas wins 31-27. If he plays, if he doesn't play, I think it's more like 34 to 13. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm going to try to do the reverse game day curse thing. Yeah. You know, where everybody picks one way and it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know that I've ever picked against OU. I don't, I, I don't know if I should or not. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling internally. Like, I, I, I'm ride or die till I – ride or die till I die. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm an OU fan through and through. It, if we go three and nine this season, I'm still going to be a huge – they're, they're going to be my team. I'm riding with them. Um, but going into this game, if I had to make a prediction, you had a gun at my head, I'm going Kansas wins. Um, if Gabriel plays, Kansas wins 42 to 38. If Gabriel does not play and Bevel plays, Kansas wins 49 to three. If, and I'll throw his third one out there. If any other quarterback plays, 
besides Bevel, Kansas wins. I'll go 42 to 21. Okay. I've got all that down. So, but I, I will be cheering my heart out. And I, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that that'll make a difference, but it's, it does not look good going forward. But let's say, just hypothetically, they go out and win this game. Whoever plays quarterback, they go out and win this game. Does the entire narrative change? No. They would, I would need to see back to back before I'd say yes. Ryan? The entire narrative, I don't think changes now. I, because they have a bye week right after this. So I think uh, they'll have one win and people will say, oh, well, it's Kansas. They were a pretender because once they hit the tough part of the conference, you know, TCU beat them and Kansas isn't as good as we all thought going into the conference slate. And I think it'll take, yeah, probably two or three wins before people actually start to uh, change their narrative on OU. Okay. I mean, you're 0-3 right now. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying the narrative would change. I'm just saying it flips so quickly from when we were 3-0, and the number six team in the nation, to we're 3-3. Three and three. Like, it, yeah. it flipped. That next week, it really flipped. Um, so, I, I don't – Well, especially if – I mean, if Gabriel's back in the offense, at least, is what, competitive. If, if, what if Gabriel's back – and they go out there and they throttle Kansas. Like, I mean, I was beat about up to say 70 to seven. If they go out and it's like an insane blowout, like a Nebraska, what we did to Nebraska, if that happens to Kansas, because Nebraska does not look that bad. If you're watching, they're, they're first place in the Big Ten West, where they were last week. I don't know if they are this week. Not sure how they did. Yeah, they beat Rutgers. Oh yeah, so fourteen they to thirteen. Still, they would still be first. <laughs> good call on the under part. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was a good catch on you. Yeah, I don't know. So, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, people would start, you know, start at least saying, "Hey, well, maybe they're not terrible," but I think yeah. people would still, hopefully, people would have their guards up. I mean. We saw how high OU fans got on them after those first three games. So I guess it's possible if you get one glimmer of hope like that, OU fans might lose their minds and think they're back. Who knows? I think if that if that happens, I think like 90% of the fan base is just going to split in two. <laughs> they're going to be like, what well, is going on? What are we I'll doing? You, <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule. The next two games – are probably the most winnable besides the West Virginia game. The next two games are probably the most winnable left on the schedule. Baylor's going to be tough. OSU is going to be tough. And Texas Tech gave OSU fits. I think Texas Tech's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. These next two games and then West Virginia are the most winnable on the schedule. Yep. So, so you got to win those. Yeah. Oh. All right, well, I think we've exhausted OU. 
pretty sure we're um, maybe like 45 minutes in already. So, uh, uh, Ryan, do you want to you want to take over for TU? Sure, we can talk about TU first. So TU, oh, uh, were we kicking we'll, it to OSU? I forgot. Um, yeah, no, no, we'll save OSU for last. Save the best okay. for last, right? Um, so, uh, Tulsa didn't look any better. Well, they did score points, but they didn't look much better than, than OU this week. They played Navy and it's a team that was one and three going in that they should have beaten. Um, Tulsa just got railroaded 53 to 21 by a Navy team that ran for 455 yards. Um, Defense could not get a stop. Um, Davis Brin started, still looks unhealthy. Uh, he's been limping around for the last three games now. But apparently they're adamant that he's a better option at whatever 50 or 60% that he is uh, than Braylon Braxton is at 100%. So they keep putting him back in there. And, I mean, last week we saw against Cincinnati that he took tons of hits. I think Cincinnati finished with like 11 sacks. and he was just getting hit even even the non-sacks he was just getting hit after right after he threw uh almost every time he got back to pass so you know he's already injured and he just keeps taking hits and it's because the the defenses know that he's not able to move around right now and so it's like why not just send everybody at the quarterback and it's just beating him down worse and worse i feel feel pretty bad watching him um so they they open the game with seven so the first seven drives for tulsa they go punt, 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 touchdown, punt, safety, interception. So when you don't have a defense that can stop anybody, you can't be that bad on offense as well. And you know the the one of the the safety I mentioned was another one where Bryn dropped back uh, in his own end zone, and Deneric Prince missed his blocking assignment, and this linebacker came straight through, and Bryn was getting sacked and basically tried to throw it away to avoid the sack and. Uh, didn't make it out of the end zone. So it was an intentional grounding call and ended up with safety. And after that hit, he stayed face down in the end zone for like 30 seconds. Uh, just didn't want to get up because he was hurting so bad. So it's just, as I talked about last week, I think I thought it was time to, to just make the switch to Braylon Braxton, at least for this week, because Tulsa goes into a bye week this week and you could have given Bryn a couple of weeks off there. Um, but they chose to play him and, uh, you know, he played average, uh, considering how injured he is. I think he played as well as you could hope for. He finished with 284 yards and a couple touchdowns, but threw a couple interceptions and Braylon Braxton ended up with an interception and then they lost a fumble later on as well. So ended up with four turnovers, which don't help either. So, um, just an overall really, really bad game, um, for Tulsa. The defense was pretty excuse me, the defense was just flat out pitiful. I mean, it's hard to prepare for a Navy offense, you know, just one game out of the year. Um, but you you play them every year, so it feels like you should probably have something in place to, to kind of prepare for them. Like I said, they ran for 455 yards on 6.6 yards of carry, and linebackers couldn't get to the edges, and Navy was able to run outside seemingly over and over again and they ended up having the ball for over 40 minutes so we did what they said last week uh what we said last week the way they win this game is ball control and they were able to do that uh, for sure and Tulsa's defense just had no no answers um 
So it's 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 pretty tough for Tulsa right now. Uh, they've lost three straight after looking pretty good going into the Ole Miss game, and even in the first quarter of the Ole Miss game before Bren got hurt, they were looking good. They were leading in that game fourteen to seven before he got hurt. So um, that injury kind of was a a turning point for them. It looks like, and they're headed into their bye week to try to figure some stuff out. But um, man, I mean. They couldn't run the ball on offense. They had 25 total rushing yards. Deneric Prince is a guy that, you know, missed the first four games. He came back last week against Cincinnati and was really, really good, looked really well, um, but then came in this game and he had four carries for negative five yards. And eventually they just had to stop running because they were down by so much. They had to, you know, throw the ball. They got down. It was 33 to seven, like early in the second quarter. Like it wasn't wasn't even a close game at any point and um the offensive line could not protect Bryn could not open running lanes and that's a, a bad combination if you have a bad offensive line and a, a beat up quarterback and a defense that can't stop the run so um not much good to say about Tulsa other than our boy Keelan Stokes ended up with 152 yards and a, another touchdown to continue his great season but um, that's really about it. And they go into the bye week at two and four and oh and two in the conference. Um just not not as good as as we were hoping uh, at this point in the season, especially you know, Navy's a team that you you go through the schedule and you think that's a win, and they've lost to him two straight years now. So uh they've got a, a Navy problem. But bigger problem is is the quarterback's you know position they going into this bye week i think they need to obviously figure out if they can get davis Brent healthy if if he's going to be this way the rest of the year they need to spend these two weeks figuring out an offense for braylon braxton to run because this is not going to work the rest of the year I mean, i'm sorry um look if defenses know your quarterback is immobile and is injured um, they're just going to tee off and they're going to send guys at them every play. And we've seen it two straight weeks now. So um, I think they need to figure something out there and then figure out the offensive line. Um, you know, they've got a, a bunch of guys there that have some experience um, in some big games this year, but I don't know. Uh, it's pretty tough, you know, seeing your quarterback get hit over and over again and and the inability to run the ball with, I mean, you have, three or four running backs that I think are, are solid. Um, you just can't, can't get them open running lanes. And it's, it's pretty tough to run when, when you don't have anywhere to go. Um, and then obviously defensively, I mean, giving up 50, this Navy team averaged 13 points a game coming into this and you allowed 53 points. So uh, defense definitely needs some work too. So it's kind of a, you know, we talk about this with OU, but it's, it's almost like everything like every aspect of the game they need to improve on. And uh, it's pretty tough to, to watch Tulsa right now. Yeah, they, um, um, not going to lie, I turned that game off very early on. It was, it was um, I, I didn't want to watch that. That was after a rough game already. I was, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that was a rough, rough week for those Oklahoma teams. Um, and I, I, I'm with you. I think Braylon Braxton needs to be playing. If if Bryn can't move like he can't move, 
he's they've got to make the change. It's just like OU. You gotta you gotta be able to make that change. You gotta be able to make that call. And they have a capable backup, so it doesn't make sense to me. Braylon Braxton has proven that he can go in there and be capable. So why aren't they making that switch? And it's I like I know Perkins is calling for the switch like full time because he doesn't believe in Bren, but like that just just make the switch for a couple weeks, like you said. And then they're in a bye week now, and he can help. He can get healthy. Hey, I'm not saying go away from him forever. Just just until he's healthy. So, yep. I'm. I I got my hopes up on Tulsa. You guys sold me on it this year, and now now they're just getting dashed again. So, I'm getting down on it again. Perk, what do you think of Tulsa? Oh, Tulsa is gonna be Tulsa. Um. I say that I, I love me a good Tulsa game. Uh, I think those of our listeners who have listened to me over the long, you know, long periods of time, the last couple of seasons, I mean, you know, I, I can get pretty high up on Tulsa. And then there are times like if you've been listening since the beginning of this third season, that I can get pretty low on Tulsa. So I don't like seeing uh, as much as I've dog on Davis Brin. I don't like seeing anyone in the sport just playing hurt because their coach refuses to offer them a chance to rest. Uh, A player is always going to tell you they're okay to play. You've got to be able to take a step back and realize that it's better to take an L than to ruin someone's life because you want them to keep playing and they're going to keep getting more injured. But you know, I was with you, so I didn't get to watch much of the Tulsa game. Uh, I'm not surprised they lost. I would love for them to win, but I feel like Navy's a team that they just overlook year to year, and uh, until they stop doing that, I feel like they're going to keep losing. So maybe they can find themselves a good uh, – I don't know, what's the opposite of Navy? Like a good – you know, the orange team, and maybe they can go beat them. But... But uh, I was going off a of color. It was supposed to be funny. Uh, <laughs> but overall, it, in the very beginning, we we called for uh, Tulsa to be better and to, to, I don't know, to build on where it had done great and to fix where it had gone bad last season. And while I, I do think the discipline's better, they're still making Tulsa mistakes, and they're still the coaching seems to be rather weak. And so I think until that stuff gets fixed, we're going to keep watching them, you know, scraping by trying to get it to a bowl game every season. So yeah, I'm yeah. hoping. I mean, it's going to be good for them to get to a bowl game this year. Um, I have to win some games down the stretch here. Um, well, we've talked about a couple of depressing teams from Saturday, but let's move on to a team that won. We've got Oklahoma State uh, beating Texas Tech 41-31 to in Stillwater. And, you know, going into this game, we were all pretty confident that they would win. I think we all picked them to win by three touchdowns. I picked them to win by 18 or so. So, uh one the thing that happened uh i talked last week about donovan smith at quarterback didn't really scare me 
we played him last year and shut him out and he's been very turnover prone this this year well right before the game it came out that uh he was not going to be starting and they had a redshirt freshman named uh what was his name baron morton um that was going to be making his first start and as soon as i heard that my uh my heart dropped a little bit because look i have a few instances where quarterbacks came in to play their first game against osu and played really well and it's a thing of like osu didn't prepare for this guy and um you know he's out there in his first college experience and trying to make a name for himself and um just goes out there and and does his thing and look two times in 2015 i had season tickets that year um against kansas state there was a third string quarterback that randomly had to come in uh after an injury and he threw for 200 yards and three touchdowns osu had to kick a field goal to win at the very end and then that same year jarrett stidham at baylor got hurt um in stillwater and their third stringer named chris johnson uh came in and threw like 150 yards and 42 rushing yards and three touchdowns and baylor beat us uh pretty badly that game so and then uh back in 2018 uh iowa state came to stillwater and had a uh, a third string freshman quarterback you may have heard of named Brock Purdy making his first career start in college and he threw for over 300 yards four touchdowns and then had 84 rushing yards and another touchdown uh, and beat us so I've just had flashbacks are the ones that started this whole Brock Purdy is going to be That's great our thing. fault yeah uh, it's our he fault. never turned out to be yeah yeah we uh, he only we played well against OSU. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we made him look great. But I had the flashbacks to all these just terrible memories. And uh, sure enough, right off the bat, he was slinging the ball around and, and hitting everything. And, um, you know, it started out with just some quick passes on the first drive, but then he hit a deep pass for a touchdown. And OSU got down 7 nothing early, and I thought, here we go. Um, he finished with 379 yards and 46 rushing yards and three total touchdowns and just threw it very accurately very strong arm and he's gonna be a problem for the big 12 over the next few years because uh, osu could not stop him it was pretty back and forth most of the way um did you, uh, did you see what mike gundy said about him after the game yeah he's like uh he was like what year is he and somebody said he was a freshman and he goes that's not good <laughs> Like, yeah, you're right. That's not good, Mike. Um, yeah, so OU's got to play him, I think, the last game of the season. So that's going to be uh, fun for them. Um, Tech did the Baylor thing, too, going forward on fourth down. They went four of seven on fourth downs in this game. So if you're playing against OSU, I think that's uh, something you might keep in mind is um, they may not be able to stop you on fourth down if you keep going for it. Um First half, the defense really couldn't get any stops, and my hope was that the defense would kind of figure it out during halftime and adjust, and Texas Tech came out and scored on their first drive of the second half, but then after that, uh, OSU held them scoreless the rest of the way. So uh, I guess they kind of did adjust. It just maybe took a little bit longer than than we hoped for, but, um, but defensively, yeah, I mean, there's – there's still secondary issues, but we had three cornerbacks get injured in this game, uh, including 
Corey Black and Dom, or sorry, uh, Jabbar Muhammad, who are our starters. Um, Jabbar came back in the game a little bit later, but Corey Black, you know, missed most of it. And then uh, Corey Black's backup, um, DeMarco Jones, got hurt as well. So uh, a lot of injuries they had to sustain. They also had several injuries on the offense. They had two offensive linemen, Preston Wilson and Joe Mahalski, and then uh, Tyler Lacey, Brock Martin, Xavier Benson on the defense. They all missed some time in this game. So it's a ton of injuries. So to come out with a win uh, in a game like that, look, some teams – you know, some of the top teams even uh, can lose games like this. Um, so OSU was able to come out with a win. So that was that was definitely good to see that they were able to at least do it. Now, the the thing on offense that kind of worries me, it's really worried me for three years, is, is the red zone offense. So OSU had four drives that I'm going to cover here. They had a first and goal on the seven, first and goal on the six, and then a first and 10 at the 21 and a first and 10 at the 19. And all four of those ended up with field goals instead of touchdowns. And in this big 12 that we're seeing this year, that's not going to be good enough. I mean, even this week at TCU, you're going to have to convert some of those into touchdowns if you expect to win, especially with this defense giving up as many points as they are. You know, you can get away with field goals if you have last year's defense, but this year they do not have that defense, at least not right now. So they're going to have to figure out something in the red zone. Um, they were after running pretty well against Baylor two weeks ago, they came out against Texas tech and were not able to run the ball very well. And this is a team that last week were really bad against the run. You know, I mentioned Adrian Martinez ran for 170 yards and then Deuce Vaughn ran for 173 or whatever it was. So, to play that team and not be able to run the ball efficiently is just another bad sign for this uh, rushing offense that uh, really worries me as you get into the meat of the schedule. But uh, Spencer was good. Spencer Sanders threw for almost 300 yards, um, had one touchdown on, in the air and two on the ground. The only problem I had with Spencer in this game is is some of his decision-making on – look, he threw – he was 20, 22 of 45, and some of those were throwaways when he's just not able to find anybody close. But Tech's corners were playing really aggressive, man. They were playing a lot of man coverage. And maybe I'm dumb, but there were 10 to 15 times where I thought he had space to go out and run, and he just didn't. He chose to try to fit the ball in a tight window instead of taking off and running for seven yards. So that's kind of some of the stuff that, I mean, he's he's good enough to do it, and this defense was begging him to do it, and he just didn't. And so I don't know uh, if that's on him or if that's the coaching staff telling him to stay in the pocket. I don't know. But um, but the throws he did make, I mean, he had several several good throws. He had a fourth and five deep pass to Bryson Green uh, that got them a first down and led to a field goal. And then the last drive had another pass to Bryson Green that, um, where they scored a, a touchdown to go ahead by 10. It was a tight window. There's a slow-mo video on Twitter that came out about it. But, uh, I mean, it went right over a linebacker's fingers and then into Bryson Green's hands in between two defenders there. So it was just a a beautiful pass. And then he had a lot of plays he made with his legs, uh, a third and four later on that drive to to get a first down that led to that touchdown. So, uh, overall, Spencer played pretty well. His numbers aren't fantastic, but I mean, he was he was a gamer in that second half and really um, led them through that. 
And uh, a guy that I haven't talked enough about is Bryson Green, man. He uh, came into the year as probably like the fifth or sixth um, receiver in my mind. And he is without a doubt one of the top two on this team right now. Um, We saw Braden Johnson really play well the first few games and he didn't play in this game and uh, it turned out we didn't I didn't even know this going into the game but they they said on the radio he had a concussion last week so he's in concussion protocol and missed this game um they said they expect him to play uh, this coming week against TCU so that'll be good to have him back but um but without him man Bryson Green had he had a touchdown against Baylor two weeks ago and then this week he had a another touchdown and several good catches so finished with 115 yards so he's a guy that um i wasn't expecting at receiver with all the guys that they had to to kind of break out but he's been breaking out so far and they did get Jaden bray back in in the receiver room this week after missing the first uh four games and he you could tell he was not in rhythm yet um he had a ton of targets but only had two catches for 21 yards so he really needs to get in rhythm for for this week when they play uh TCU um the defense you know some of the bright spots Trace Ford was everywhere blowing up plays all over the backfield uh including a third and goal where Tech had a wide open touchdown and Trace Ford got in front of the quarterback and batted the ball away so they had to settle for a field goal so there's four points saved there um I thought Jabbar Muhammad played really well uh for the secondary but aside from him it was it was not great uh most of it and then the defensive line played really well at times but they they were unable to get pressure at times just because tech was getting the ball out really quickly so um you know they finished with 14 tackles for loss and 12 quarterback hurries so a lot of that was in the second half when they you know started to adjust and figure things out um, but you gave up 527 total yards and tech ran 104 plays. So, um, they're used to playing, you know, between 60 to 70 plays a game. So it's, uh, kind of the thing where you, you leave that defense on the field enough, they're going to give up some yards. So hopefully they can get off the field against uh, TCU this week. Um, so they go down to Fort Worth to play at TCU and TCU is a favorite in this game. After beating Kansas, they're five and zero as well, and uh, they're three and a half point favorite, which you know kind of tells you that this game would be a toss up on a neutral field, but TCU gets the the home field advantage there. Um, but they're riding high after that Kansas win, and Max Duggan is crushing it right now, as OU fans uh, know. Um, but he is averaging three hundred twenty yards passing per game, and. 14 touchdowns with just one interception. And then the last two weeks against OU and Kansas, he's averaged 85 rushing yards per game. So I'm not excited to face him with this OSU defense. And then he's got a beast outside with Quentin Johnson at receiver uh, who had 14 catches for 206 yards and a touchdown against Kansas. So I'm terrified of, of him against that secondary and then Kendra Miller at running back is the last three games averaging over 120 yards per game. And uh, their offense is just electric. So um, probably the best offense that that OSU has played up to this point. And uh, that's not good. So the defense is definitely going to have to figure some stuff out. 
Um, defensively, they have given up some points. Look, they gave up 31 to Kansas, and SMU scored 34 on them. Um, you know, OU a couple weeks ago didn't play incredibly well, but they also lost Dylan Gabriel early in the second quarter in that game. So I think if if he's in, I think OU scores a couple more. Davis Bevel scored a touchdown on TCU. I'm not sure their defense is great. There you go. So, um, yeah, so I think – and, you know, SMU threw for 372 yards and then Kansas threw for 351. So I think Spencer can uh, get some yards through the air and and try to attack him that way. Um, but I think he's got to make some some plays with his legs as well just to keep him off balance. Um, and then he, TC's running game, I mean, they – or their, their defensive uh, running um, – they gave up 180 rushing yards to OU and then uh, 184 to Kansas last week. So uh, if, you know, if OU, OSU wants to get their running game going, this is a game they, they can do that. Um, so we'll see how they, how they choose to attack this defense. The only thing I'm uh, worried about defensively for OSU um, is Kendall Daniels is going to miss the first half after a, a targeting call he had hitting the quarterback on a, on a sack um, last week. So he's going to miss the first half. So you're down a starter in your secondary. That's, that's already kind of questionable. So um, that's worrisome. Um, I feel like this is going to be a, a shootout. Um, honestly, I don't feel good about it. Um, oh, I've gone back and forth. I think I'm going to pick OSU to win this game. I think it's going to be a nail biter, and I think it's going to be Spencer coming through at the very end to win it. So I'm going to go 44 to 41 OSU. Okay. Um, I am not as high on TCU as you are. I last last week, if you had asked me, I would have said, "Okay, TCU is is a great great team." And that's when I, I thought the state of OU football was a little bit better. But after this week, figuring out more about OU, I, I, I just – I don't think TCU is as great as they are putting up so far. I understand that they're undefeated and I understand that they're playing well. But I, I think that I, – I think OSU wins this game by – I must say 10 points. Let me figure out a margin. That's going to be a lot of points put up. So let's go 45-35 OSU for me. I right. think oh, – I, I think OSU wins. Uh, I'm not hmm. – I think it's going to be a higher scoring game, so I kind of agree – I think it's going to be a bit closer, though. So I'm calling. Forty two, thirty five. OSU. OK. Well, we all have a lot of points scored there, so bet the over. Um, <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what it is, but whatever it is, bet the over. Well, hey, hey, before we move on real quick. Mm -hmm. My favorite narrative that is going around right now is the uh, if Texas wins out, they should be in the college football play. My gosh. First, first off, that's that's just the most asinine thing. 
I've ever heard. They have two losses. No, they, they shouldn't. They're flat out, they shouldn't. There's not going to be enough teams go down that they should be in. And second, it's like they just forget that they lost to Texas Tech. But when OSU goes out there and beats Tech, it's like, oh, well, OSU let Tech score 35 points or whatever it was. I don't remember how many they scored. But OSU's defense sucks. They let Tech score that many points. But yet Texas lost to Texas Tech. And they, they just seem to the blank on that. That that just Yeah. Well, it's like I mean it's the logo because I mean, would you ever say an OSU team that has two losses uh could make a run to the playoff? No. Nobody's gonna pick an o- Oklahoma State team with two losses in a playoff. But Texas, who knows? You never know. It's just the the national narrative of these big brands, which OU is a part of. Um, I think OU sometimes um like even last year, I don't think anybody expected them to, but you know, at a certain point it was like, well, if they, you know, end up winning Bedlam and then winning the big 12 championship and all that, they would have had just one loss, I think. But, um, but teams like that just get the benefit of the doubt, at least with, with people who cover it nationally of thinking because they have the, you know, high recruit recruiting classes and all that, they think that they're, you know, one of the talent, most talented teams and they, they have a chance to beat Bama and Georgia and all these teams. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a brand and logo thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, but you know what? Texas definitely looks a lot better. So um, maybe they're on the way. Yeah, but anyway, everybody, um, who's, everybody who's played OU looks a lot better. It's, that's fair. I just think it's, I think it's just playing OU. Like that's it's going to make you look better. That is fair. Well, um, yeah, so tough games really for both OU and OSU this week. Um, definitely a possibility that OSU loses their first game, and uh, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Um, there's a ton of – I mean, this week, you know, you've heard of Separation Saturday uh, thrown around, but this I think this is the first one of this season that we've seen because you have OSU and TCU who are both two and oh in the big 12 and they're ranked eight and 13. And then you've got Alabama number three playing number six, Tennessee, number four, Michigan's playing number 10, Penn state. And then number seven, USC is playing number 20, Utah. So four, I guess of the, or whatever it is, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Five top 10 teams um, are playing, ranked teams this week or whatever it is. So it's just – and then you've even got like NC State, Syracuse, Mississippi State, Kentucky, all ranked matchups too. So Separation Saturday is here, and a lot of things are going to change uh, after this week. So, um, yeah. So you guys want to get into our uh, our picks this week? Yeah, for sure. Sure. Right. Yeah, definitely. How, uh, how did it shake out last week? How did we all do? Well – Zach went two and one. Um, he is now eight, nine, and one. Um, Perkins went two, oh, and one, I guess. Perkins finally got in the tie column along with me and Zach, uh, thanks to Kansas losing by seven exactly. So um, Perkins extended his lead uh, on us, and uh, your boy went one 
and two this week, thanks to Kansas State missing a field goal and being on uh, Kansas State. Man, how do you how do you score ten points after the way that you've looked the last month? I just don't get it. Anyway, uh, also KJ Jefferson getting hurt and not playing for Arkansas screwed me. So I'm six eleven and one for anyone who wants to know. Not good. You're looking like Perkins last year. Yeah, it's bad. You know we what? Just talk about how I'm doing good. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Makes no sense. But it, so. I, I think the world is turned upside down because, yeah. like, OU's bad. Mm-hmm. Perkins is winning our our pick'em games. Yeah, like it's just it's just all bad. And Kansas I, is ranked. Kansas is ranked. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't Some, either. We've got flip you know the what? switch. Yeah, I know it. But you know what? We've got time to uh, come back and and win. So that's what we're going to try to do. And I'm starting this week with uh, Michigan. They are. Six and a half point favorites against Penn State this week, and I think Michigan's going to beat Penn State pretty convincingly. So I'm going to take Michigan minus six and a half. Michigan minus six and a half. Well, with you picking that game, mm-hmm. uh, I am going to pick that game as well. Ooh. But I'm picking the other side. All right. I think Michigan is a faker and uh all of their games this year have been super close already uh uh, super close not the not the games against the the teams that you know like connecticut and uh hawaii like not those games but the other games have been a lot closer than everybody thought i think this game's going to be really really close i don't think michigan wins by a full touchdown if they win at all. So I'm going to go ahead and risk it and hopeful in hopes that I can build a bigger lead over Ryan Penn state plus six and a half at Michigan. Shoot. Fight. We are fighting. That's a big swing game then for our picks. So yeah, let's go wolves. All right, Perk. Well, Perk, you know, can, you, can you have the, the, the goal to, to pick that game too? I'm afraid not. I no. I think me not choosing uh, the same games you guys is what's is what's saving me right now. Uh, but I have a hard time letting go of good things, mm. and so I am actually going back to someone I went to last week. No, which is the UConn. Oh no no no! Oh, okay. I'm going opposite of that. Florida International versus. <laughs> UTSA. Now I'm going crazy on this one. I'm taking UTSA minus 32. No. I I can see it. They they got throttled by UConn, so wow. <laughs> Friday night game. <laughs> All right. Okay. I was looking at I was looking at stats earlier and cuz I was going to take the plus and like give Florida International the benefit. 
Mm-hmm. But I was looking through the games and I just I can't. <laughs> I thought about taking like the under, but even that felt like less of a possibility than just taking yep. the minus thirty two. All right. Well, okay, number two pick. Oh man. I've got to start being better with these picks, man. That's bad. <laughs> um, you got to go know, like me and start searching deep. Yeah, deep into the um, games. <laughs> I had a, I never really go with the big, like the really big lines, but I have one that I'm I'm considering. Do it. Um, the thing is, I don't know. All right, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'm going to go with my second pick. I'm going to go Baylor. Baylor's three-and-a-half-point favorite at West Virginia. I think West Virginia's garbage. I don't trust JT Daniels, even though it's at West Virginia. Uh, So I'm going to go Baylor minus three-and-a-half. Okay. Well, I, uh, I really like that game, too. But... I would have picked the same way as you. So, as for now, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to go with my next pick. I'm going to the Florida State game where Clemson is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. And I am picking Clemson to roll in that game. I think that they're going to win, and I I don't think that – I think they'll win by more than a touchdown at the very least. Uh, It is at Florida State, but – I think Clemson wins pretty big. So Clemson minus and a half at Florida State. I agree. I almost picked that one. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Uh, in fact, I did the opposite. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my next one. Don't be scared. Oh, I'm not. Minnesota versus Illinois. I'm taking the over at 38 <coughs> points. How many? 38. I've double checked it. It is on Golly. ESPN. The Big Ten cannot play offense. I tell you what. <laughs> Could you imagine Literally, an over of thirty-eight points in the Big Twelve? I'm uh, not confident. I win this though. <laughs> wait, let me make sure that's the over, considering what happened last week. I have double checked ESPN. Okay. I can send a screenshot if you'd like. No, I believe you. Okay. I mean, I'm going to look anyway, but. <laughs> Yep. Because the spread right, sure is six point five, but the over and under is uh thirty-eight. So I thought hmm. I'm not I mean, confident Illinois that they get score, that. I was gonna say Illinois scored like six was it six points last week? No. Yeah. Or nine. I'm hoping sorry, that they're sorry. both just so bad. Scored nine. Minnesota <laughs> scored ten last week. <laughs> I don't know if they do get there. You sure you want the over? I don't know either. There's um, they've had mix of games, so I don't know. No. They both need uh, to just get like 18 and I'll be or night. They both need to do 20 math. So I'll be, <laughs> I realize 18 plus 18 is not 38. So, yeah. <laughs> but what is it? 36. Are you sure? I'm positive and I can explain <laughs> my math to you. If we want to go through the whole, how I do math in my head thing that, that we went over this weekend. <laughs> Cause apparently it blew everyone's minds. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. All right. 
Uh, final pick. I've got two. What do I do? Pick the first one. What you pick will determine what I pick. Oh, man. You could always do any, mini, miny, mo, catch a tiger by the toe. Yeah, I guess that's probably better than what I've been doing. More <laughs> accurate. All right. I don't like either one. All right. Um, I've got to take some chances here to get back in this, so I'm going. I'm going. Dang it. Um, Four. Three. Two, one. I'm going with the Vanderbilt Commodores plus 38 at Georgia. Okay. I don't hate that. Dang it. I don't either. Now I wish I had said my other one. All right. I uh, Georgia hasn't been really covering their big spread. So no, I don't think I mean, that's they, bad. Yeah. They played better last week, but they still, I don't even know if they covered, but. You know, Vanderbilt's They're not getting that big deficit anymore. Vanderbilt's not terrible. I mean, they've uh-huh. made, you know, they've been close. So, anyway, uh, I, I think I would have picked that if I'd seen it. Yeah. All right. Well, my third and final pick this week, I'm going with a larger spread because those actually kind of treated me well last week, besides one of the games um, with, uh, with, with somebody who won't be named, but. Um, <laughs> I'm going Iowa State at Texas. Mm. Ooh, this is one of mine. I, I'm picking Iowa State plus 16 and a half. Iowa State has oh. looked really good defensively. That I don't think that Iowa State will win this game by any means, but I do not think Texas beats them by um, two touchdowns and a field goal. I just don't think it happens. Uh, I may be wrong, but Iowa State has been a lot um, better defensively than many expected them to be this year. So I'm picking Iowa State to cover the 17 and a half points. So, um, and, oh, 16 and a half, 16, 16 sorry. Okay. Um, to give you a reference, they've allowed 10, 14. They've lost their last three games by a combined 11 points. Yeah. So they do have a good defense, but Texas has a good one too. And Iowa State has no offense. So I don't know. I was on the fence about that was one of the picks that I was considering. I just couldn't make up my mind on it. I know it was. That's why I told you not to do it because yeah. I knew you said large spread. That had to be it. Mm. Well, I mean, the Georgia spread's larger, but. Yeah, but yeah. you you just iffy on that one. Yeah. All right, Perkins. I uh, I almost picked that uh, Iowa State game, but I just – I thought it was going to be too unpredictable, and I didn't want to risk it. Don't be scared. <laughs> Now, now saying that though, I picked an unpredictable game as my third, uh, and I actually went with big names, not too many schools. Again, uh, I'm I'm actually picking a bit of an upset here today. The spread is one point five. 
and I'm going BYU versus Arkansas. And I'm taking BYU plus 1.5. I feel like that's an upset. But. I mean, it's they're projected to lose. You get what I'm saying. Obviously, they're close at their 1.5. But you guys have me overthinking this Minnesota versus Illinois thing. I feel like I chose wrong on the over. No, you already picked it. So I know. It's too late. But yeah, yeah BYU versus Arkansas, BYU plus 1.5. All right. Every time I pick BYU this year, they let me down. So yeah, but yeah. you're not part of the family like Perkins is. <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. See. Should uh, have you seen the stat that um, where uh, what's his name? Is it Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame? Or yeah, that's his name. Okay, um, he uh, he apparently converted to Catholicism. And ever since he's converted to Catholicism, he's three and zero as head coach. But oh, before wow. it, he's zero and three. So hmm. interesting. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. <laughs> so, but no, it's a. Uh, it is going to be a fun weekend, regardless of how OU plays. There will be a lot of good games this weekend, though. Um. Yeah. So I'm excited for Bama, Tennessee. I think it's gonna be fun. I think Tennessee might be a legit team. Yeah. Well, Bryce know, Young's I, Bryce Young's been out too. So. But, Is he still out coming this upcoming week? I don't know yet. I'm assuming he'll play. Yeah, I assume he will too. But I don't know. It's uh. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It, it will. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Holy moly! Bless you. Yeah. So yeah, because let's see, one, two. Bottom one. Well, anyway, so like four. Four of the top like ten teams, or no, four of like the top twenty teams are guaranteed to lose. Four of the top twenty teams are guaranteed to lose, and and one of the top six, two of the top ten. So just, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a big Saturday. That's crazy. Gonna be a lot of good games. Great news for you, Perk. Travis yeah. did what he needed to do. I know, but you know who bad, didn't do bad, what they needed to bad, do? Bad news for you. <laughs> Josh Jacobs did what he needed to do for, for the, the team you're playing. So, <laughs> yeah. I Kelsey has four tuds. Uh, oh, my. For, for those of you who aren't familiar, I uh, have Travis Kelsey on my fancy football team, and I needed him to go out and score – pretty much exactly how many points he has right now which is like above 32 and uh i needed the opposing running back which was josh jacobs to score zero for me to be able to win this game and uh he did not score zero he scored roughly around 23 or so points which ensured that there was no way 27 points (laughs) Tulsa's own josh jacobs and so he ensured that i will not be winning this this week 
which is a bummer, but hey, you must but face adversity as it comes. You you got above 70 points, which you didn't think you would. No, you know, uh, Kelsey really popped off. This is his highest scoring week yet, which would have been amazing in a close game. But, you know, sometimes you got to play the catch up and you just. I scored the highest points I've scored since I've played fantasy football and I still got beat by 50. So I don't really want to hear it. <laughs> so. So, so Devonte Adams just had a like 48 yard touchdown that got me ahead by two points. My teammate or my teammate, my opponent has the Raiders kicker and they're down by one with two minutes left. What I need is Josh Jacobs to do is go ahead and get like three fumbles uh-huh. in negative yards. Well, that ain't happening. Hey, Real he number back. A lot more than three fumbles, bro. I, <laughs> if the Raiders get a stop and go down and kick a field goal to win the game, then I lose. And it feels like that's exactly what's going to happen. But if the Raiders go down the field, they're throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. That's true. Yeah. So, Maybe. Mostly. I mean, what are the chances Kelsey can score a couple more touchdowns and cover this 30-point difference? Zero. <laughs> he, he may be Negative. able to score one more touchdown. Like, do, you think, do you think they can get him another four touchdowns? <laughs> it's amazing. He has four tuds, but he only has 25 yards. Like, that's mm. that's insane. Uh. But, all right, well, I guess uh, we've kind of exhausted everything we needed to talk about. So, I um, guess we can get on out of here, guys. Uh, another another great pod, another another dismal week for OU football. Um, TU football added on to it. OSU football didn't have a great week, but they come out with a win against Texas Tech. So, it, it, they got what they needed. Um we move on to the next week, and we can see if uh, see if all of our teams can bounce back, and uh, see if OSU can continue its streak. Um, and TU won't play this weekend; they do have a bye this weekend. So um, we will see you guys next week on the Oklahoma Sports Bros podcast. Go Pokes! Tulsa chant. Boomer sooner. Yeah. <laughs>